Welcome to True Independent Media, Real News Live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be across this beautiful blue-green globe of ours. Welcome to Real News Live. It is a Friday night fun time show. I don't know how much fun it's going to be, Brooks. Blake has left us, chief engineer. Uh, Blake Scotty Wally has got some family stuff tonight. He had some commitments, so he couldn't be on with us. He's normally here. We will, of course, miss him. We love him, but... We may have a special guest joining us a little bit later on, somebody who most of you know but who has rarely been on the show before. Uh, in the event he doesn't make it, it's just going to be me and Brooks tonight. So we're just going to shoot uh, the back and forth, talk about what's going on in the news, Brooks, and uh, get everybody caught up on everything. I uh, am drinking a Red Hook ESB tonight, extra special bitter. I wanted to get, I wanted to get um, a n completely non-Anheuser-Busch beer but this one they own so many breweries it was really the only drinkable thing uh i wanted to get dos Equis, but all they had was like a 12 pack and i i just couldn't i just couldn't uh, uh buy a 12 pack because i'm just not going to drink that many dos Equis. but uh anyway i'm going to open it with my uss enterprise ncc 1701 bottle opener and why don't you tell us um dr brooks agnew what you're drinking in north carolina tonight uh, Got to be on the job site tomorrow, so I'm drinking water today. I know I got to be there before dawn, so we're going to cut in a bunch of plumbing and see if we can build our scaffolding on the outside of the building. Wow, you can't, you can, you know, you can work hungover, you just can't work drunk. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not going to go. No, I right. think you could drink, yeah, you could drink beer all day, and I've done it, you know, but uh, you can't, can't work hungover. All right. Oh, that is that is a good beer. I hate to say it, but that is a good beer. All right. It's great to uh, have you here anyway. Um, Blake, guys, there's no problem with Blake. He just has a family thing to go do. He's just going to hang out with some some family and friends and have a night to himself. So, you know, OK. I, I, all right. He's got a Tinder date. OK, Blake, Scotty. Wally has a Tinder date. Can I just spill a beans? I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know if he has a Tinder date. But. <laughs> More power to him if he does. All right, Blake, we had uh, a very eventful week this week. Let's start with something that you and I are really, really well versed on, which is aerospace, SpaceX, the private. Actually, that is Dave Barra's bottle opener. You are correct, Dave. That is your bottle opener. Uh, the private um, space What concern. What would you call SpaceX? Com not companies too simple. It's private space concern, private space. It's more of a consortium. 
consortium, SpaceX attempting to get us back to the moon and beyond to Mars, launched the first launch of their Starship rocket this uh, week on the 20th. And you know, everybody said, oh, well, they had some valve problem on the 17th. And so they had to delay it till the 20th. And everybody thinks, oh, you know, Elon Musk, Mr. Stoner on 520 uh, launching the rocket. But let's check out a little bit of video of the rocket launch from. I think it was from, was it from Boca Chica? Was it yeah, from it was from Boca Chica. Oh, yeah, you could see it from Padre Island. Let us watch the launch via the SpaceX, um, the SpaceX um, video. Continuing to watch the first stage as we head down range. Hundred seconds into flight. Our next major activity is going to be shut down of the first stage. Houston tracking station now acquiring the vehicle. I don't know if you guys can With shutdown, we will get separation of Starship from Super Heavy and ignition of the Starship engines. When Starship separates, we light up six engines in a staggered sequence. If all goes well, those six engines will burn for almost six and a half minutes. Onboard view from Starship. Views of the Raptor engines on the second stage as we prepare for stage separation. Now, after stage separation, the first stage will flip and begin a boost back maneuver for landing in the Gulf. Yeah. Things are not going. Oops. Continuing to fly. Two minutes, 40 seconds. Let's get ready for main engine cutoff. Beginning the flip for stage separation. Oh, it's not supposed to be doing that. Not wondering. Uh, it's not supposed to be doing that. Now it's tumbling, uh, slowing down. As of right now, we are awaiting stage separation, <laughs> where Starship should separate from the super heavy booster. Yeah, Kate, right now it looks like we saw the start of the flip, but obviously we're seeing from the ground cameras the entire Starship stack continuing to rotate. We should have had separation by now. Obviously, this is uh, does not appear to be a nominal situation. Yeah, it does appear to be spinning, but I do want to remind everyone that everything after clearing the tower was icing on the cake. And there we have the graphics. It's not an explosion. It's a rapid, unscheduled. Now, uh, Brooks, I want you to notice a couple of things. One of the things I noticed right away is this is a map that, see this, the philosophy on this is to get this thing into orbit, it's supposed to have more thrust than the Saturn V, but the Saturn V first stage had five really big rockets. This one has 33 little itty bitty rockets. 
And as you can see from this chart in the lower left-hand corner, I think you can see where my cursor is. We got one, two, three, four, five rocket engines already out on the first stage. It's at about 11 kilometers altitude. How much is that in a real measurement? About eight miles. And we're a little bit into it. I'm going to mute the uh, audio, and then we're going to go forward on this. And, you know, for my eye, just watching it, it already didn't look right. And and when you lose five engines out of 33, you're down about, I don't know, eight or 10% on, on thrust. And I don't think that's enough to get it to orbit. It keeps rising. The speed keeps increasing. Uh, it's up to 16 kilometers now. And it looks somewhat nominal, but you could tell there was a problem. I think at some point another engine goes out, but I'm not sure. And then what was supposed to happen, um, right about here, I thought, as I was watching, so something's wrong because it's kind of pointing the wrong way. Its attitude doesn't seem correct. Uh, it is uh, increasing in speed, but not uh, not really altitude. This is a shot from the first stage. That doesn't look right. You see this popping thing in here, This all this stuff. Something went wrong on the second stage. And what happened is, and now it's completely off camber. It's not supposed to be doing this at all. Uh, what happened was is the second stage was supposed to separate from the first stage, and it never did. So by the time we reached Miko, main engine cutoff, everything was screwed up because they had five engines out. I don't think this thing had any hope of ever making it to orbit. At this point, it starts tumbling. Um, and then, of course, we have the rapid unscheduled disassembly, which is engineer speak for an explosion. Uh, coming up right about here, which some people say was the uh, destruct order from uh the ground now <laughs> brooks people are trying to spin this the <laughs> the spacex people are trying to spin this but let me just tell you from an engineering perspective if you have a if you have 33 rocket engines and 10 percent of them roughly more than 10 percent, actually eight five out of 33 is more than 10 percent, don't work that's a failure if it's supposed to separate on the second stage and there's no stage separation, that's a failure. And if it begins to tumble out of control, that's an engineering failure. And if you have to blow the thing up so it doesn't land on somebody's house, that's a failure. This is a massive, expensive fail of the new Starship rocket, which is pretty amazing spacecraft. But it shows that they've got a long, long, long way to go, doesn't it? Well, not really, because they had a lot of uh, sensors all over this thing, so they learned a lot with this. Everything before this was just theory. Uh, Elon had a very low expectation. He said, just don't blow up the launch pad. And to tell you the honest truth, that thing fired up, and it was like 10 seconds, and it didn't move. I thought, yeah. oh, no. And then it started to lift off. So you understand that that super heavy is as big as saturn V was tall but then it's taller and and you know it's running on methane not hydrogen peroxide and liquid oxygen so and it's also made of stainless steel and not aluminum so there there are a lot of things about this that make it unique but what i found fantastic was that it went as fast and as far as it did and that was pretty much clockwork to two minutes and when he got to two minutes what happened is the motors are supposed to start cutting out so it probably got down to about 10 motors running and you could see that the the plume coming off the back was getting less and less and less which is what it was supposed to do uh because you don't want your your 
booster powering through your starship so it's got to slow down so the starship can separate and boost off of it and then then it's going to do an over rotation and head for the gulf what happened was the separation didn't occur now i don't know if the if the starship engines are supposed to fire in that tight space and push it off or if they're exploding bolts i don't know exactly how it comes off of there but i followed up on your uh intuition there and i called uh my friends in alabama and at huntsville at uh, nasa and they said that they had sent the destruct order because it didn't separate it went about 25 seconds beyond and it didn't separate so that's when they blew it up so you're right they didn't want it, the whole thing to land you know back on earth full of fuel yeah. so they blew yeah. the whole thing up for the record starship was not supposed to go in orbit it was supposed to get almost to orbit and then fall into the sea. This was just a launch test. So they learned a lot from the launch test. And I guarantee you the next time, which is going to be in a few weeks, uh, the next one is going to be amazing. And now they now that they know that the thrust is enough to get it off, they know how to run the quality checks. They're going to do wet tests and make sure that all the rockets are in operation. I think it was designed to have five, four or five of the motors not work and still fly, which is about what it did. Yeah. Um, each of the, each, there are several Raptor engines and there's several Super Raptor engines in that group. So some put out more thrust than others. And I don't know exactly what the, what the distinction between them is, but uh, I was totally amazed. In fact, when I watched the YouTube, when I didn't get to watch the live because I was in a meeting, but when I watched the YouTube, I was I was out of my seat. I was just like, oh, my gosh, look at that thing go. So they learned what they needed to learn, just the same as when they splatted a few starships not sticking the landing. And then they got it to land. They learned enough in the iterations, and they planned on this one being destroyed anyway. And they just got as much data as they could get. And they'll feed this into the next iteration and the next iteration, and it will get better and better. Well, um, uh, it did not hit the firmament and explode. <laughs> Taking one video of the lands beyond on the floor. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, is it going to lift off? Is it going to lift off? I is know. It I also thought I saw something some pieces of something fly up in the air. And I, I don't know if that was pieces of the rocket, if it was ice off the rocket, or it might have been a lens flare, an optical illusion. I got to bring up the YouTube video again of the ac actual launch part again, and really, really focus on that. But um, it, it seemed to me that as it got off the ground, that the plume looked off. It didn't look uniform. And then when I saw a little chart in the corner, which was the engine cluster, I'm like, eh, you know, four or five. And I think at 1.6, we're not functioning. That's the problem with 33 little cluster engines. And again, uh, I think it was uh, Marcus Toledo here said it's the N1 problem, the same problem the Russians had. They have a whole bunch of little engines instead of a few big ones. And when you do that, it your possibility of failure is dramatically higher yeah. in, in design terms we call, that, we call that the failure mode effects analysis and each each rocket has has its own failure mode effects analysis and what happens is they don't add to one another they multiply by each other so when you get four failures it's it's uh four factorial that's how off you get from your 
optimum design. Yeah. And uh, that's very hard to work out. It's very hard to work out. To go through quality control, you're probably going to have to test fire every single one of those rockets before you put it in super heavy just to make sure everything works on it. Well, you should do that. Um, I don't know that they did or didn't do that this time. Uh, you know how long it takes them to make one of those Raptor engines? I do not know. They can make one a day. Isn't that amazing? They can make one of those a day. Yeah, and with a 12% failure rate, that's what you get for making one of them a day. I don't know. I'm pessimistic. I, I didn't... I, I mean, you could tell the, from the plume that something was off. You could tell from the attitude of the spacecraft that something was off. Um, well, except for and, landing. And then, you know, in the, you would, it should be explosive. landing in the Gulf of Mexico. It did everything it was designed to well, do. Except for explosive bolts. You know, you should be able to separate one stage from another. They've done that with all their other rockets. How that system failed is beyond me. Um, and no, this was not a empty starship it had the guts it had to have the attitude the control systems it had to have the guidance system it had to have the engine at the very least and it probably just had an empty cabin making it lighter than it would be but I, I you know i don't know i have to go back and look at all the parameters but they probably should have had it a full up heavy launch test and i don't know if they did that but man when it just sat there i'm like is it gonna burn itself up sitting on the pad that's what i thought I, too I'd like to be happier. I'd like to be more optimistic, but you know, a good, good for Elon for trust, you know, for trying it out. I mean, that I had to be a billion dollar failure. We saw there. At yeah. Least I don't, I'm sure it was, but the next one won't cost that much. Yeah. Well, that is true. The more of them you make, the less it costs. And they, they have done some interesting things with the stainless steel, although it was weird. They painted it black. Did you see that? The no, they didn't. They, that's all, that's all thermal tiles covering that thing. Hmm. Okay, because I, I didn't expect it to be shiny, but it is weird how Elon has sort of recreated the rockets from all the 1950s space movies. Well, he, are, he ran the numbers, and he said these composite things are so expensive. Yep. And it, it, why not just go stainless steel? So he did, yeah. and they were stronger and actually lighter, and, and they, got, had, they could do more things in it because you didn't have to have all this reinforcement mm -hmm. because composites, you know, weak. It's weak. If you get anything wrong, it's going to fall apart. Look at the space shuttle. It was not very robust. Yeah. Um, it was lucky the many times that we launched it, and it was covered in thermal tiles, Which and those thermal tiles took an ass kicking every time it came back. Even the X-37B, which is unmanned and has not had a crash yet, but it's only got an eight-foot bed in it. You know, it's bed's a little longer than my pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, this Starship is wildly ambitious. I mean, they're talking about you'll be able to get 100 people in the thing. And I'm like, Jesus effing, how are you going to do that? 100 people? Is it really that big? Maybe it'll be, maybe it's a bigger version of this Starship. I don't know, but. It has three stories in it. And, and one of them that they've designed is a fueler. So what they want to do is put the fueler in orbit and then mm -hmm. launch Starship and then rendezvous and refill Starship in orbit and then take off for the moon. Oh, nothing could go wrong there. Seven <laughs> accident in orbit. Oh, well, you didn't hook the gas the gas line up properly. I mean, you know, Jesus, after 105 years, they can't even refuel Indy cars at the Indy 500 without a fire breaking out. I, uh, wow. Don't know about that, Brooks. I know it was a joke, Larry. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. Um,
But there were the, the funny thing is there were people like Stu Peters talking about, oh, it hit the firmament. Whatever. Oh my, my God, these dopes. It's just it's just absolutely so stupid. Okay, moving on to the next uh, issue. I think it was pretty cool, pretty interesting. Um, the charges against absolute living piece of shit Alec Baldwin were dropped yesterday. Uh, in Taos, New Mexico, New Mexico special prosecutors dropped charges against actor Alec Baldwin in the shooting death of Rust cinematographer Halia Hutchins on Friday, marking what legal experts said was a logical conclusion to a flawed prosecution. He killed the woman. He pointed a loaded gun at her and shot and killed a woman. Well, it wasn't that there wasn't a crime committed, at least manslaughter, but it was a flawed prosecution. Um, in what way would you say it was flawed? Because well, I don't think that they they prosecuted it right because they the the jury wasn't sequestered. Uh, there was a lot of evidence that somehow got out into the public, and they couldn't control it. They just didn't have their their evidence together. They yeah. had witnesses that were intimidated. They had there was all kinds of problems with it. Well, I mean. The bottom line is that it's another rich Hollywood guy who uh, bought his way to me from my my perspective, bought his way out of a criminal situation where he actually killed a woman. Now, he's not going to escape um, consequences because he's going to get sued and he'll have to settle somebody and settle, you know, give him a settlement. But it won't ruin him, which it should. This guy should go to jail for 20 years for manslaughter, because at the very least, this was manslaughter. And then, I don't know, Brooks, you have the other fact, which is that this woman was involved in an investigation, a movie that was going to be made about Hollywood pedophiles. That's right. What do you think about that? I don't think, I, I don't know if that's a coincidence. Pointing the gun at her was not in the script. It wasn't like it was a shooting accident, you know, shooting with no, film. No, it sounds like he was fooling around and. Yeah. You know, or aim the gun at her, pull the trigger, which you never do. Not even with a prop gun and prop guns are usually real guns with blanks in them, by the way. Right. Yeah. My friend Steve Doran used to work on Hollywood movie sets. He taught Tom Cruise to handle guns, among other actors. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, guys like that. He, he's and, you know, it, it's it's a gun and it's always loaded and it's always loaded with real bullets. And that's the way you treat it. Right. Well, it depends on what you're shooting at. If you're shooting at a window or a rock or something like that. Sometimes they use real bullets for the film effect because it's difficult to duplicate. But look at John Wick. I mean, John Wick, they'll kill 220 people in the movie John Wick. And he sh aims the gun at people and pulls the trigger. Mm -hmm. But it's all carefully double-checked for safety. Yeah, it's choreographed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Any further thoughts on this? Do you think anything's going to happen to Baldwin other than he's going to have to settle out of court on uh, the civil suit from the family? Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. And of course, he's going to lose his fan base. Nobody's going to watch Rust. Right. Well, the case was dismissed without prejudice, which means they can refile. Any any thoughts that they might refile this? Or, you know, New Mexico, again, New Mexico is actually a red state that's been it's under the control of the Democrats who steal it in every election cycle. It is not a blue state. I haven't seen John Wick, the latest John Wick, so don't spoil it for me, Rick. He says more than 220. He kills a lot of people. He shoots yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. Those those movies are those movies are great, you know. But they were more interesting. I think the first 
two were a lot more interesting because of, of this hitman culture. And as someone who actually knows a guy who used to work like that, he said that it's not that far from reality, that there are safe spaces where, you know, you go and hotels and things like that that are just for this particular crowd. It's pretty interesting culture around it. And of course you have, you know, you have some uh, marvelous actors and I don't think Keanu Reeves is a very good actor, but, uh, well, he's a good movie. Ian McShane, Ian McShane is a, is one of the great actors of our time and we will sorely miss him. Um, he's a movie star. He plays, he plays Kuno Reeves and he does it really well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Kuno Reeves. Um, but Ian McShane is brilliant in spite of the fact that he's a Manchester United fan. So uh, why was there live ammo on the set? There was not supposed to be Boy Dogs 2. There was not supposed to be any live ammo. You're never supposed to have live ammo on a set. Somebody said, well, they took a bunch of the guns to a shooting range the day before and had some fun with them and left them loaded. Bullshit. That is not right. Bullshit. Sometimes they do have live rounds on the set and they do things like shoot cars shoot windows but it's very controlled mm -hmm. and they usually do uh as it as b-roll in mm -hmm. other words they set up they shoot that shot and then they incorporate that into the film so yes yeah. sometimes they do use live ammo yeah uh, but um not firing at people no 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 you're not even supposed to have actors on the set with live of course, of course tell yeah tell brandon Lee that yeah you should just have stunt guys tell brandon Lee that uh blasphemy mike i love keanu says deb from sacramento deb i, I understand keanu's handsome but he's i think he's a cool dude because he has wooden, a fame he is as wooden as uh, you know as as the the, the planks in the floor that Brooks is going to put up of his uh, his shed that he's working on out there. So uh, he did. <laughs> and the cool the cool thing is is that they they give him parts where he needs to be wooden, which is great because it's perfect for him. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. The smartest thing anybody ever did is turn him into a robot because he can't act. So good for you. Yeah, I like to be kindergarten cop. Uh, but you remember an actor named Vic Morrow? He it's was shooting. An action film and a helicopter crash. Vic Morrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vic Morrow got his head chopped off by helicopter blades on the set of Twilight Zone, the movie, and there was a big, big, big scandal about that. Okay, I wanted to ask you about a couple things you posted on Twitter this week that I think are pretty important stuff. Uh, we're still fighting, you know. <laughs> If we mention election fraud, we're going to be demonetized. Ooh, so what? I'm going to delete this video as soon as the show is over anyway and only leave it on Rumble. But um, election fraud, you know, you you posted a video that I think is really uh, pretty good. It shows a whole bunch of the stuff that happened on election night 2020. Here's a car being driven in. I think this is in Michigan where they stole the election from Donald Trump. Let's just, just watch. This the is inside the TCF Center. Now, the local media um, said that uh, this never happened. Hattie actually called me on November 4th. She was inside the TCF and she said, Jim, you won't believe it. I, I just heard that a van dropped off boxes of ballots uh, in the middle of the night. And uh, she was working inside the TCF that morning. So we put in a request to get this video. It took months. And uh, we got this at Gateway Pundit. We put this up on uh, you know, on our site. We tweeted about it, and that's when we uh, lost our Twitter account, by the way, um, by putting up this video. Um, there's a lead car, uh, an escort car that comes in. You can see here um, each time 
he adds something to the people inside, and then the, this uh, this van drives in, uh, and they actually came in twice. Now, yep. we had local media, one of the top reporters there. I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, he said that this never happened. Uh, he was there all night. There was no fraud. Nothing happened. So now we have the video of that. So, um, you know, again, Brooks, this is this is it. This is proof. This is the smoking gun. Um, there are tens of thousands of ballots in those boxes. They swayed the state of Michigan to Joe Biden from the rightful winner, who was Donald Trump. And we know this and we have this. What, if anything, is anybody ever going to do about it, do you think? Well, that's the main question. And we have a lot more video than that from other precincts, too. Mm -hmm. I call this ballots are us. Now, the way this works is they have AI that analyzes uh, where the election is. And because they can't just print an unlimited number of ballots because you can't have you know, two, two million people voting in a metro that only has a million people in it. So AI has to figure all that out. If the election's winnable, like six, seven percent, they can swing it, uh, putting these counterfeit ballots in, then they order them up. Now, they don't arrive for several hours, two to five hours. That's why you don't see them arrive till like two or three o'clock in the morning after. Yeah, the that was. That was two in the morning. And by the way, the, the law is that all the ballots have to be at the counting center by 9 p.m. that night or they're not legal. Right. Every single ballot you saw there, and there were tens of thousands of them, were illegal ballots for Joe Biden. Go ahead. And there's sorry. a couple other things about them. They are all printed ballots. That is to say they're not actually voted. They're printed with the votes already on them. Now, this is very hard to do. This is what we call print on demand, and it has to be serialized. It's expensive. Each one of these ballots costs between $20 and $100 to the campaign to buy them. Now, they have a lot, and they got the names of the voters through the 2018 Equifax hack by the Communist Chinese Party. So they already have the names of everybody in that voting area. And what they do is they analyze who hasn't voted and who has voted, and they go get the people that didn't vote, and they print out their ballots. Now, you'll notice that these ballots are all bailed because they're not folded. They were never mailed out. They were never mailed out. These are mail-in ballots that never went out. They just got printed and brought in. They're not in envelopes. And they just take them inside, cut open the packages, and feed them in into uh, the reader. And then the reader counts that vote. And that's how they were able to squeak one, two, three percent victories out in all these little precincts, especially in Michigan. And so that's why I call it Ballots RS. It's a multi-billion dollar business. They honed it in 2012. They used it again in 2016, but they got totally surprised by us because we were all using smartphones instead of cell phones in 2016. And then in 2018, they called out all the forces again. And then in 2020, they just pulled out all the stops because they had to beat 75 million voting Americans. And they had 15 states that used this operation because it was all funded and run and coordinated by a, a nonprofit called Common Cause. You can look them up. Mm -hmm. They're a multi-billion dollar nonprofit. And what they do is they manipulate elections. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, you say 75 million. I'm going to tell you it's at least 81 because 75 is what they officially say he got. So we know he got six to 10 million more than that. Um, we all know this is true, but again, it's like, 
you know, Blake, Brooks, when when is something going to happen? When are these people who who call themselves the White Hats, if they even exist, ever going to do anything about it? Uh, well, see, that, that's win? the thing is they delay and they obfuscate and then they block and they get injunctions. And then next thing you know, two years has gone by. And then it's like, oh, that that election? No, no, no. Just just wait till uh, you know till twenty twenty two, and then the next thing, the next election happens. So what we as Americans do is we say, wait a minute, we're founded on revolution, so every two years we have a revolution. We'll get you in two years, and that's what they count on. They don't count on us going back and fixing twenty twenty. Anybody that says that gets demonetized, gets taken off Twitter, and called a conspiracy theorist, or worse, an election denier. You know, so yeah. What we're all we can really do, and when I met with uh, the uh, the uh, legislators in Arizona, uh, including uh, Mark Fincham, face to face, I asked them about this. I said, "What are you going to do to stop this in Arizona?" And they said, "Well, we have made a contract with a tamper-proof ballot paper." So we won't get these Chinese printed ballots anymore because the paper is going to be read. It's going to be encrypted paper. And you saw exactly what happened in 2022. In 2022, Katie Hobbs won. And yeah. what were they doing? These white vans. No, Carrie Lake won. Katie Hobbs stole it. Yeah, well, yeah. right. But yeah. Katie Hobbs won because these white vans were running all night, all day for days and days and days. And where were they running from? A warehouse that had the printers. There were patriots that followed these white vans, filmed them and showed them, got their license plate numbers and everything. Nothing could be done about it because 25% of the judges in the state of Arizona are all compromised because they've got cars and houses and rental property through the cartels. Yeah. Once yeah. you it buy the legal system, you can get away with anything you want. And that's what Katie Hobbs did. She said, well, I'm not going to campaign. Screw that debate forget it i'm not gonna i don't need to do any of that i'm gonna win and she did well you know completely illegal way i was there with brooks when he confronted the arizona state folks not arizona stolen again says old dog okay in a related story fox news settled for i think 787 million dollars a suit with dominion i don't know that they admitted to any wrongdoing, but they gave Dominion $787 million, which is simply Fox News doing a kickback to the deep state. Um, Fox News got paid way more than that to call Arizona falsely for Joe Biden in 2020. We, we all know Trump won that state in a massive landslide. And uh, they called it for Joe Biden, if you remember. I think within 15, 20 minutes of the polls. Yeah, Brett Barr. Brett Barr said, well, Brett the state of yeah, Arizona is, uh, is for Joe Biden. And we were going, what? What are you talking Brett, about? Brett like Bear, who I hope hangs for treason someday. Uh, yeah. And um, Fox didn't want it to go to Discovery because if you get into discovery, you can find out that Fox was in on it from the beginning. And, and you know, I want to tell you something. On, on one of the 8chan, 4chan boards, I saw a thing in July that said how they're going to steal the election is that Fox News is going to be in on it. They're going to they're going to declare Joe Biden the winner, like almost immediately and be completely in on the whole thing. And that's exactly what happened. Um 
what do you think about this particular event? Um, I, I mean, again, they got paid two or three billion dollars and they kicked back 787 million for distribution to the Democrats. Um, it, it just it, to me, it outlines the depth of the corruption of our media, our judicial system and and our politics in general. What can we do about it except revolution? I mean, we have these clowns and cowboy hats. I'm not going to name any names, 107, who keep saying, oh, we just have to wait. Well, we're done fucking waiting. I mean, yeah. at least I am. What do you think? Well, I mean, that's why me and a million of my friends went to D.C. in January of 2021. We said we saw what you did. And we thought if we went there a million strong that, you know, Pence would say, Okay, Arizona, go back and and recertify your election. When you haven't certified yet, you're not comfortable with it, legislators. So go back and make sure you're comfortable with it. And actually, we thought that was kind of going according to plan. And then the Capitol Police were ordered to open the doors and they let us in. Somebody hollered, run for your lives. And that process came to an end right there. And when they came back, it was nothing but business. It ramrodded right through. No arguments, no objections, whatever Arizona filed that Pence gaveled and said, okay, uh, we're adjourned and uh, you guys go figure it out. All that went away. Pelosi pulled the safety, the ripcord, as it were, and let the public in. And that's what uh, that's what broke it all down. So yeah. what can you do? We, we can't go to Washington a million strong again. That won't work. We can't vote. That won't work. So the only thing left to do is to withhold our money. Right. So when I saw people filing tax, you know, oh, I, I, I barely got under the deadline to file my taxes. And this may get me into trouble. I hope not. I just said, don't file in. File an extension and keep filing extensions and just don't just don't participate in the system. You and, still have to pay, uh, though. You could file. You can extend, but you got to pay what the you know is owed otherwise do you after you oh yeah yeah do you believe okay. me i i wrote a check if, for about five grand out this year if, not if happy patriots on moss refuse to participate in the system the system would collapse but we don't seem to have that kind of strength so it's it's really sad um i just think it's um i i just think it's it's a really bad situation no connie you did not that is still coming. I'm kind of hoping that the original Mark Z is going to join us tonight, but I'm beginning to lose hope on that one. Okay, so let's move on to a couple other issues, uh, Brooks, and talk about them. Um, the Bud Light controversy, which is what you know spurred me to go buy a different beer, even though this technically through the grapevine is an Anheuser-Busch beer. doesn't go directly to them. Um because it's really hard to find a beer that's not Anheuser-Busch. I, well, like I said, I wanted Dos Equis. I promise everybody, between now and next Friday, which is the only night that I drink. <laughs> sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, which is the only night that I drink. Uh, I will go get some Dos Equis, which is not an Anheuser-Busch beer. But I like I, Dos Equis. I don't know if they pushed back or not. Something came up. And we both, you posted it on Twitter today. And I want to kind of show it to everybody. But we aren't really <laughs> sure if it's cgi or if it's real but here is apparently a uh this is a this is highlighted bud light fires back there's a billboard i think this is in tennessee i don't know 
I don't know. Um, Brooks, what what do you know about this? Did they really post this this billboard? Or? I don't know, but if they did, like I like like you read in my text on my tweet, it's on now. Yeah, it's, I mean it's that's really on. That's literally um, that's literally suicide. It's I mean they've already they're already down five six billion or something like that in market share and and market cap from where they were and it, it just seems amazing to me that they would do something like that I, I i find it probably not true but um but what do you think about um what do you think about anheuser-busch's situation now do you think people will just give in and go back to drinking bud light or do you not see it happening i don't uh, i think I this think is going to stay more than bud light now i think it's extended to budweiser and somebody posted a label uh, it was actually a marquee of labels that Anheuser Busch owns, like uh, what was it? What is the one? Uh, uh, oh, it's uh, named after a patriot. What is it? Uh, used to be its own label, and then Samuel Anheuser Adams. Yeah, Samuel Sam Adams. Adams. Sam Adams. It's extended to all their brands are really suffering, and the people that are benefiting are all the microbreweries. Their sales are all up, and uh, so is Yingling. Yingling is up, and they're smart about it. Very smart. That Red Hook is technically a microbrewery, but it is ultimately owned by Anheuser. -Busch. I don't think they're going to come back easily from it. I think it's going to hurt. I think they're going to end up selling off non-core uh, businesses, and it's going to take a while, maybe five years for them to recover from this, if they do, if they do. Okay. Um, by the way, I uh, wanted to just do a shout out to all of our friends in the UK um, right now who are English Premier League soccer fans. Uh, this is a live look at uh, the Emirates Stadium corporate headquarters of um, Arsenal Football Club. There you are, Arsenal. You are choking. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this, this is interesting to me, Brooks, because... Um, Soccer is soccer. It's a sport. Some people like it. A lot of people around the world love it. I, I really enjoy it. It's my second favorite sport after uh, NFL football because it's uh, my team, Manchester City, is the best team in the world. Whether they prove that they're the best team in the world by winning every trophy that's available to them, I don't know if that's going to happen. But the the they're anti-establishment. They were a smaller club. Manchester United was the big club. In England, and remember, England still has a very strict caste system. It is a caste system. It has been that way for hundreds of years. And it's fascinating to watch as Manchester City was bought out by uh, Arabs from um, Abu, uh, Dubai, I believe, or Abu Dhabi, I forget. And uh, the Sheikh there, Sheikh Mansur, just poured a lot of money into the team. And they started buying players. So then... UEFA, which is the European Football Association, and the Premier League came up with these rules. They called it financial fair play, which basically said, oh, you can't spend your own money. If you own the team, you can't spend your own money on improving your team. And it's different than it is you know, in the U.S. In the U.S., you draft players and you trade for them, but you can only pay for them when they hit free agency. And in the world, it's like basically you know, if a player says, I want to go to Manchester United – the team that has him pretty much has to let him go. And then you just negotiate what the sale price is going to be. And then they use that money to buy other players. So players are bought and sold. And they did a really, really good uh, job of picking the right players. 
that's why Manchester City has won all kinds of stuff for the last 10 years. Not, not the Champions League yet, but that's probably coming this year. So they changed the rules specifically to hurt Manchester City because they were not one of the established English clubs who are Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, and Liverpool. They're the only clubs that were allowed to win the championship. But cities kept winning. So rather than say, okay, you know, the noisy neighbors, as they were called by Manchester United. Years, <laughs> years ago, oh, we don't listen to the no those noisy neighbors. Well, now the noisy neighbors have won the Premier League, Premier League title six or seven times in the last 10 years. We keep winning. We keep winning. Looks like it's going to, we're going to win again this year, but they are doing everything they can to keep them from winning today. They're in a, they're in a very tight title race with Arsenal who is a legacy team that hasn't won a major trophy in 20 years. But they're a legacy team. They're one of the big old cat and, and the referee gave them almost 10 minutes of extra time because what happens in a soccer game is that, you know, you if a player's injured and he's on the field for two minutes, you're supposed to add those two minutes at the end of the game. I'm just going to tell you, the average is about three to four minutes of extra time added. They got 10 today to give them an opportunity to score the winning goal in a game that was tied, they were not able to do so. It ended in a tie. They dropped two points because you get three points for a win and one point for a draw. City is now completely in control of this title race. And um, th this was corruption from the top. So it's like, it, and the thing is, that should be frightening to me, to people, it's frightening to me, it should be frightening to everybody, is that it's just our sports. But look at the Super Bowl. The referees made a ridiculous call because it was not holding in any way, shape, or form on the Philadelphia to hand the championship to Kansas City. They handed the Super Bowl to Kansas City the second time they have directly intervened in deciding a game. The first time was Super Bowl 40 with the Seattle Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers, where the Seahawks boat raced the Steelers up and down the field and got cheated out and cheated out eight, nine, ten calls. This time they just focused on one call and literally handed the game to Kansas City because Kansas City has a mulatto quarterback named Patrick Mahomes that they want to make the new goat. Tom Brady, oh, he's too white. We're going to we're gonna move on from him and call this other guy Mahomes, so he has to start winning championships. But the corruption of our sports, in to me, it illustrates this corruption. And it couldn't be more blatant. I mean, it's unheard of. To get seven minutes of time, they got seven minutes of extra time at the end of the game, and then the referee let the play go on for two or three more minutes after that. And finally, I guess when you know he couldn't, it was too ridiculous. He finally said, "Oh, okay, the game's over. It's a tie." So I don't understand why this is. You know, uh, to me, they're so brazen about their cheating against the teams they don't want to win that. This is pure arrogance, and that says to me that nobody in power, nobody in establishment, is the least bit concerned about consequences for their actions. So that's no. what the flip is. And I, so I think when people say, oh, you know, Biden's going to resign this week and it's all going to be over and we're going to win and we're going to fight back, I don't think the guys on the other side seem very threatened. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, we got to, to interpret it this way. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 this does transfer over to politics, and what we see is this this weak, uh, diaper shitting, bungling old man 
who can't put a sentence together and and can't control himself when it comes to kids. I mean, he just gets creepy, this guy. Uh, nobody likes him. Nobody can talk to him. Nobody can understand a damn thing he says. And yet he's destroying the world. And it isn't through incompetence. It's because Joe Biden's not president. Joe Biden is not president. He's a virtual president. It is being run by think tanks. Every executive order, by the way, there was a really weird one that rumored went around today. I mean, I got to tell you about it. But every executive order, every policy, every budget, everything that he does is written by elites. And then he just reads it off the glass. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 and it really wouldn't matter who was in that position. It wouldn't matter if Fetterman was in that position. The same policies would be uh, being put out. The only thing that may tear this whole house down is the fact that Biden has been so corrupt for so long and everyone wants to get rid of him, even the Democrats, that now this stuff is coming out. And this is what the Democrats do. When you have outlived your usefulness, they turn on you. Yeah. And Joe Biden has outlived his usefulness. Yeah, I, I concur with that. But, um, you know, I mean, <clears throat> um, let's let's go through a few of these. Uh, I watched the Steelers Seahawks Super Bowl seven times. I've never seen what you're talking about. You, you're not watching a, the right game because the Seahawks completely dominated that game from the opening tap. They were the better team. I knew that. Everybody knew that. Um, they had more yards. They had more first downs. They had everything more except points. And the only reason they didn't have more points is because they got hit for penalty after penalty after penalty. The most, most penalties in NFL history by a guy named Bill Levy, who was the head referee, who a very famous and respected Las Vegas bookie says he was one of my clients. He bet through a friend of his. He was betting on sports. He was totally corrupt. And the NFL wanted the Steelers to win that Super Bowl because it was, you know, it was like you ever see these boxing posters, uh, Brooks? You know, Roberto Duran versus opponent, you know, <laughs> as far as the NFL was concerned, the team from South Alaska, as Jimmy called, as Jimmy Johnson called us, was just the opponent. The Steelers were the, were, they actually printed out Steelers Super Bowl winning t-shirts and a Steelers Super Bowl winning commemorative book before the Super Bowl and never printed one copy of a Seahawks thing because they already knew who was going to win. Wow. That game. So it's like the Seahawks are the only team that ever has more yards, more first downs, you know, more passing yards, more rushing yards, and lost the game. It's never happened in Super Bowl history prior to that that one there. Then you had people talk about the Rams. Well, there was the Rams in, in 20, I think, 17. Stan Kroenke had, had taken the NFL's advice. He bought the Rams. He spent a billion dollars on a brand-new stadium in Inglewood for the team and then they were playing the new orleans saints in the nfc championship game and at, at the end of the game the rams defender completely obliterated a new orleans receiver the most obvious pass interference penalty ever and the referees went you don't expect us to blow our whistles do you yeah because they wanted to get the rams in the super bowl to help him pay for the stadium and so here we have a situation um where, yeah, Rick Norman bullshit. Yeah, you're right, Dave Barra. Um, we have a situation where, and this is what we've been talking about. Our, our elections are corrupt. 
our courts are corrupt. As we found out with the Trump indictment, our prosecutors are corrupt. Our media is corrupt because, again, this the news media, Fox News, this is the theme of the night. The media is corrupt. Fox News is corrupt. They called the election for Joe Biden. They were in on it. Now even our sports are corrupt. The only thing that can change this is a revolution. And all these people being thrown out of their position of authority. Um, no, Rick, ble- Rick, please just stop. The Steelers got dominated up and down the field in that game. That that game would have been it, that game would have been thirty should have been thirty to ten. You know, Ben Roethlisberger did not score a touchdown. We can just go on and on and on. But come on, give it a break, dude. Um, what can we do about this other? Than a revolution. And when I say that, I'm talking more French than I'm talking, you know, metaphysical. What are, I don't see any way out of this. And I, do you think that the people that are supposed to be on our side, the so-called white hats, are holding us back? Are they, are they the bad guys? Well, I don't think there's any such thing. And I don't think there's no plan. And I don't think anybody's working behind the scenes. Uh, I don't think Trump is in charge. Trump is definitely president, but he's president in exile. He's still in power, but he's not in the White House. And there's a big difference. When you're in the White House, you are arguably the most powerful man in the world. Not that the president and vice president actually have that much power. But since Roosevelt, the executive branch has exploded. Now there are 650 agencies. These are all extensions of of the executive branch. We got two point, what, 2.87 million federal employees are all members of the executive branch. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court doesn't have that. Congress doesn't have that. And what do you got Congress doing? Congress is doing everything but their job. They have three jobs. They write laws, they declare wars, and they control the money. And they're not doing it. All they have to do is control the money. Yesterday, Joe, or day before yesterday, Joe Biden said, I'm allocating another $330 million for Ukraine. That's bullshit. The White House doesn't do that. The White House doesn't allocate nothing. Congress does. And we have a Republican controlled Congress. Where are you, McCarthy? You should have come out an hour later and said, Joe Biden doesn't appropriate money. We do. And we're cutting it off. You know, the thing is, um, Brooks is I, I, again. I, this has to end now. I don't. I don't see how it goes beyond this summer with everything so corrupt. I mean. I mean today's match just got me frothing. This Arsenal match because it was so obvious that it was corrupt, and everybody agrees it's corrupt, or at least most people do. People that aren't Arsenal fans or don't hate Manchester City agree that it's corrupt, but. When are we going to? I don't, I just don't, don't know. When are we going to get angry enough to do something about it? And if the people that are supposed to be on our side don't do something soon, I think we are headed to war in the streets. Well, the really weird thing about this is there is somebody doing something about it. It's Vladimir Putin. Putin is the guy that's actually doing something about it. You know, when he launched a hypersonic missile to blow up that bunker near Kiev and killed off the command and control, look what happened. Bakhmut fell this the week before, and the very next week, or about 10 days later, 
Kirsten Falls. They just don't have the command and control anymore because Putin killed them. And then Jack releases all this information that shows, hey, we've had American troops on the ground in Ukraine shooting at Russians. We call that a hot war. And you can't do that. That's a violation of the war powers resolution. Mm -hmm. And Congress is supposed to step forward and say, what do you mean you have American troops in Ukraine killing Russians? That's war. And that's war. That's our job. We do war. And you didn't well, tell us. That's as I put it on, on Twitter and Instagram last week, um, technically a state of war already exists between the United States and Russia. It, it essentially happened when the United States bombed the pipeline. That's right. Uh, the, um, pi the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. That's right. Um, and now it's been exposed that Biden has actually done this. But, you know, again, I keep hearing, oh, this is it. This is what's going to get Biden taken out. But he never gets taken out. He's and the four articles of impeachment that are sitting on the House floor right now have nothing to do with this. Nothing. They're talking about Hunter Biden's laptop and this. I wrote Marjorie Taylor Greene. I said, stop it. These are not the uh, articles of impeachment. These are the articles of impeachment. And I yeah. wrote her. Starting. Do it over. Yeah. These Start are the these are real articles of impeachment. Starting a war with Russia that we cannot win. Um, that the whole world, Mike, what you're saying. Okay, whoops, wrong thing. Uh, old dog says rumors of destruction of a NATO subterranean base by Russian hypersonic missiles known as Kinzals. Anyone hear anything legit about this rumor? Is that what you're talking about? Or is no, 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 that's that's a NATO base. I'm not exactly sure where that is. But I haven't even heard that rumor, so he's he's got more information than I do. I'm talking about one that's actually near Kiev, and it was an underground bunker, and the hypersonic missile, it killed 300, and they only recovered 40 bodies. Wow, so the rest of them were... Oh, it was a badass missile. Shredded. shredded. Uh, any further updates on Ukraine that you want to share with us with the situation there? I, I heard today from a guy saying that basically feels like it's just about over, which is... Good news, because in the plan, if there is a plan, that's supposed to be one of the last steps before we have. Well, like I've been saying, things are thawing out, and when it thaws out, it turns to mud. So everything that rolls or is on tracks is useless unless it's on a road. So that means if this war is going to continue, it has to go to the air. And what happened this week? Patriot missiles showed up in Ukraine. Well, Patriots aren't going to do jack shit against the latest Russian fighters, uh, fifth, gen, fifth gen fighters and avionics. So, oh no, a fighter jet can shoot a Patriot missile down easy. Yeah. But you can't launch rockets in because they'll knock them out of the sky. But they can't stop a hypersonic missile. But those no. hypersonic missiles are very expensive, and you don't want to use them all the time. You want to use them against specific targets. But now you got Kyrgyzstan and you got Donetsk are basically reoccupied now. Ukraine's out of there. Yeah. And uh, I don't think any amount of money you can put in there is going to put Ukraine back in the game. In order for them to get back in the game, NATO has to march. And that's when we're in World War III. Yeah. Um, somebody, you know, somebody tried to post a map. I showed that that uh, image I've always got, which is, you know, uh, who's winning? You can see it from space where you see... You know, Russia all lit up, and then you see Ukraine pitched. It's as dark as the Black Sea. There's no power there, right? You can see it from space who's winning this this war. And somebody posted, oh, the, you know, these red areas are areas that, that Ukrainians have taken back. I'm like, they didn't take jack shit back. 
What the Russians did is they went in, they took out the facilities they wanted to take out, and then they withdrew back to their borders because those red areas are not areas that they are interested in retaining. So well, you have to understand the Ukrainian is the mentality is to fight for land, to fight for real estate. Russia is fighting for people. That's a huge difference. Russia's never been about holding property. They don't hold Syria. They don't hold Chechnya. They don't hold Moldova. They don't hold any of these areas where Russia has gone in fighting. They don't own any real estate. They didn't stay. They only went there to prevent them from being wiped out by NATO. Yep. That's why they went to Syria. Otherwise, Syria would have fallen and, and uh, Bashar al-Assad would be dead right now. Yeah. But... Putin so this is, is this is Russia. This is Russia. This is Belarus. This is the you know Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. This is um, uh, the Russian area. What's it called again? Forget. Damn it. This is Poland. But this is Ukraine. Yeah. And it's pitch black. It's as black as the Black Sea. This is of course Crimea. So again, this is the graphic that I posted. But what I wanted to go to is um, something else that happened which is that what Putin did is he went in, he took out the biological labs, he took out the nuclear facilities. Today, a fact sheet was released, or yesterday, I think it was, fact sheet on WMD uh, threat in Ukraine. And it is issued by the United States Department of Defense. And the extremely, oh, actually June 9, 2022. The actual relevance here is this particular paragraph where it says, and I quote, the United States has also worked collaboratively to improve Ukraine's biological safety, security, and disease surveillance for both human and animal health, providing support to 46 peaceful Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and disease diagnostic sites over the last two decades. The collaborative programs have focused on improving public health and agricultural safety measures at the nexus of non-proliferation. Brooks, what this says is that Putin was right all along. He was right all along. There were biolabs in there, and they could say peaceful all they want. When you have a biolab, you have weaponization potential. This admits, right, that anybody who ever says there were no biolabs, send them this document. Yeah, 46 of them. There were 46 of them. The U.S. State Department has admitted it. And then there was also a news story, uh, I think it came out yesterday, where they were talking about the nuclear power plants. And they didn't want the Russians to take control of them because there's sensitive nuclear technology that the U.S. has at these facilities. What could that possibly be? And I have to kind of play on, on uh, Tucker Carlson right here. The only sensitive nuclear technology that I know of are weapons. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That, I mean, why, why otherwise would they be sensitive if you can't weaponize them? Right. Well, it's called yeah. a false flag. When yeah. the Russians start advancing and you blow off a, a nuclear weapon at a nuclear power plant or near it, you can blame it on the Russians because everybody's dead. And uh, now you have your excuse to go after mainland Russia. Russia has not expanded its borders in over 200 years. Yep. Yep. But they keep getting invaded. They've been invaded by the Europeans three or four times in that last 200 years. Um, so you could, you, you could see that they would be a little bit um, 
paranoid about that. I, I wouldn't blame them a bit. Okay, let's go to the Twitter one more time. There is one other story that we want to cover tonight, which is you did a live stream last night. It's here on your Twitter, at Brooks Agnew, on April 19th or two days ago. The CCP Command and Control Center's America Free Radio with Brooks Agnew. Brooks, tell us all about the Chinese police stations. <laughs> well, it took me a while to put this story together. I worked on it for about 10 days, and then finally... Uh, the FBI raided a CCP police station, a Chinese police station in Brooklyn. And the reason they raided is, of course, the one guy uh, that runs this, and I think his name is uh, Shang Zhao, or I think that's his name. He was in several photographs at fundraisers and dinners with Schumer and the uh, heart of the democrat party and there was a lot of money that changed hands millions and millions of dollars the chinese people were feeding the democrats to get them elected and keep them elected so this guy runs this chinese police station ostensibly what the article says is that they were monitoring people of chinese descent descent uh uh dissenters and people who were speaking out against the uh, against the government of China, and that is wrong. They arrested forty four people, and they got a whole bunch of documentation. So I started to do a little more research, and I found this was not a Chinese police station. This was a Chinese command and control center. And then I discovered that there's one in just about every major metro in the country. There are hundreds of these all over the country. Chinese money pours into these things, and they're not just monitoring Chinese. They're distributing counterfeit cash. They're facilitating the distribution of fentanyl. They're doing cyber hacking. And this falls in line with uh, President Xi's invoking of the fifth column last year. Now, people don't know what the fifth column is. No, it's not a video game. The fifth column was actually made famous by the emperor of Japan. In World War II, he invoked the fifth column, and the emperor ordered all people of Japanese descent in the United States to attack with everything they have America. Why do you think Roosevelt put them in internment camps? Because they were doing it. Everybody from gardeners to doctors, they were all attacking on behalf of Japan. They were divulging secrets. They were uh, transmitting pictures and things to uh, Japan about where air bases were, where bunkers of munitions were, especially along the West Coast. So Roosevelt gathered them all up and put them in internment camps and stopped it. Well, Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping invoked the fifth column last year, and I quote, all people of Chinese descent in the United States are ordered to attack America with everything they have. And what's been pouring over our border the last two years? Thousands and thousands and thousands of Chinese soldiers every single week. And where do you think they're going? They're going to these command and control centers for coordination and assignments. We're in big trouble, big, big trouble. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. That's what my first 45 minutes was about Wednesday night. So go back and watch that show, uh, brooksagnew.com. Brooks Agnew. It's, it's on Rumble under Brooks Agnew. On Rumble, uh, under Brooks Agnew, go ahead and uh, go ahead and watch that show. Let me change the background again to something more. It's kind of wintry background, but I I kind of like this one. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, so 
a couple things I want to end up with here. Uh, this hasn't really been Friday Night Fun Time. It hasn't been a whole lot of fun, but it's not as much fun without Brooks, uh, Blake here. So uh, I want to go have some um, have some Panda Express and another beer and watch some Ark of the Covenant videos. By the way, if anybody knows any good stories about the Ark of the Covenant, send me the videos. I got I got to write an Ark of the Covenant script for the Y files, and it's a little dry. It needs it reads like a book report. It needs to be a little bit more interesting. So any good Ark of the Covenant stories, you uh, you guys let me know. But um, the last thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about the economic reset and whether the World Alliance exists. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody to please visit our wonderful sponsors, the CBD Gurus, the CBDGurus.com. You can go to their page and get all kinds of cool products for your health. I can tell you this X-Freeze roll-on pain gel works fantastic. I, ha I went to the hospital on Monday with a lot of pain and discomfort, which I thought might be a kidney stone. Turned out to be muscular and... Um, skeletal i rubbed this stuff on it it all went away i felt a thousand times better go to the wholesale tab select mike b wholesale click on that and you will get all of this week's specials the discount code is a l i e n no s at the end of it no capital a just plain old lowercase a l i e n you can get all kinds of cool oh friday bonus special one 12 count immunity booster with orders over a hundred dollars you can pick up all kinds of cool stuff we have the, the uh, freeze roll on pain gel, the weight loss support capsules, the CBD pet oil, all kinds of cool stuff at discounted wholesale prices on the CBD gurus. And depending on the size of your order, you'll get some Iraqi dinar and some Bolivares. So if there is a financial reset, you get to participate in it simply by going to the cbdgurus.com. Blake, why don't you tell or Blake Brooks, why don't you tell us what's going on over with the uh, where you get your immunity? Um, Ivan and Roxy. Ivan and Roxy. Let me if you're new to Friday Night Frolics or you have friends that are haven't listened to us before, tell them that they can get ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine without a prescription. And I know there's a, a website out there called, uh, well, I won't give you their name, but they're running ads on my feed, which kind of makes me mad. <laughs> they're running ads on my Rumble page. Yeah. Uh, but you can't buy it any cheaper from anyone else because I'm selling it at cost. So you don't need a prescription. Go to the website, click on a therapeutics button. It goes right to the page where you can order ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for yourself, no prescription, and get it in your medicine cabinet. You don't know what's coming at us. They're making new announcements every day. Oh, we're planning another. Uh, I mean, uh, there's another pandemic getting ready to come. Protect yourself. And by the way, there's a video now posted on that website. Uh, if you go to the other page, <laughs> that's the, I got to put it on that one too. Uh, if you go to the shop one, if you go to store and then uh, shop. Okay. And Okay, now scroll down a little bit to health and safety. Yeah, uh, there you go. All right, health or, and safety. Or, or you can click on the blue button where it says therapeutics, either one. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So Ivan and Roxy, that button right there. Okay. All right. And that will take you to the page. I've got to put the video on the other page too. But right mm -hmm. there in the middle is a video from a doctor. It's about a minute and a half long. And it'll tell you the benefits of ivermectin. This is real stuff. Amazing. 
I, I got to watch that myself because even though I do take it, I don't take it all the time when I need. Well, to. he reveals from a medical point of view that this stuff is now getting the spike proteins out of the jabbed. Mm -hmm. So there are 128 million jabbed people out there in this country. You need to get the spike proteins out of your system before it's too late. Now you can do it without a prescription. By the way, are you guys seeing this? Can you see this page? Am I? Yeah, I can okay. see it. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure. Um, <clears throat> couple of other things. Uh, Brooks and I are going to be attending the UFO Expo yeah. in North Carolina. We're going to be at Spruce Pie, North Carolina on June 10th, 2023. This is the UFO Expo website being run by our buddy Tom Reed. We'll both be speaking there. It'll be a one-day event, a UFO festival. Uh, you can get tickets on UFO Expo. That is an X, not an EX, expo.com. And Tom is going to build this business. We're going to be doing Roswell again in October for a Halloween special thing. Brooks, we'll see if we can get you out there for that show, too. Oh, I would love it. That $40, would be really, really $40 cool. for this yes. UFO Expo. Yeah. I mean, it's the it, price of a movie. Come yeah. out. Enjoy it. Lots of good vendors there. Great music is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Mike's going to be there. What else do you need? What else do you need? Meet me, meet Brooks, hang out with us. And Tom Reed's a super cool guy, too, who always has a lot of alcohol and a limo to drive you around in. Um, <laughs> it will be loads of fun. This was the Roswell event we did in March. We're doing this now. And the business is just expanding and getting more and more cool. And I want to tell you about one other event that I'm doing in September. They've asked me to start promoting it, which is the uh, Alien event. Whoops, am I not sharing? I am not sharing. Okay. I'm sorry. Did we do, did I do, did, we didn't see the UFO Expo. There it is. No, we didn't see it. Yeah, there we go. There it is. It's only 40 bucks. Um, June 10th, 2023 in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. It's going to be a blast. UFOexpo.com. Absolutely go there. And I want to talk about the alien event uh, in Las Vegas. That is going to be in September at the Alexis Park Resort and Hotel, September 14th uh, through 17th, 2023. I'm going to be there. Sean David Morton's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Brooks is going to be there. It's going to be epically cool at the. Um, at the uh, what is it again? The uh, the Alexa uh, Resort, Alexis it's, Park it's, Resort, which I've never been to. So that'll be really maybe fun. A, maybe two blocks um, off the strip. And if you go to this particular page, which I've been sharing on my social media, you type in the discount code Mike Barra, capital M I K E B A R A. You get ten percent off cool. of your tickets to attend one day or all three days. Trust me, you should go all three days. It's going to be a blast. Brad Olson's going to be there. Um, Brooks is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Laura Eisenhower is going to be there. Um, it is just going to be really cool. They got tables if you want to exhibit. Definitely join us there for the Alien Event UFO Expo in Las Vegas, Nevada. It will be epically, epically cool. Okay. Um, and the discount code is Mike Barra. Uh, M-I-K-E-B-A-R-A -A, like that. Um, I think that, that'll work. Or it might just work if you just type in Mike Barra without. But go ahead and do it this way. Mike Barra. M-I-K, capital M-I-K-E-B-A-R-A. -A, save 10%. Come out and 
hang with us. Mike, I want to thank you for the YouTube page you mentioned, World War II. It's, I've been watching it. Great format and very informative. Yeah, World War II is one of the best channels on YouTube. It, 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 it takes you week by week through World War II. It's taken them years years to develop this and it is uh, fantastic fantastic we're leading up to d-day and they're going to do hour by they're going to do a d-day hour by hour that's 24 like 15 or 20 minute videos of hour by hour what happened on d-day when we get to june that's going to be incredible it's wow. just so much content the thing is brooks you literally could teach a, a college-level history course about World War II showing these videos. The problem is there's just you don't have enough days. There's just too much information in the videos. You just can't possibly uh, possibly do it. So, all right. Um, all right, one last thing. Um, earlier, I think it was uh, Christine Packer. Was it Christine? She said, I still want to believe in the World Alliance. Yeah, I still believe in the World Alliance. And Deb said, Christine, the World Alliance may exist, but they need to giddy up. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So I do have one last piece of information, which is regarding the financial reset. Now, we all know we're on the brink of a financial collapse, a collapse of the dollar. I think it's inevitable. If Mark had been here, he probably would have told us a little bit more about that. But one of the things that came out last week, there are sources that we follow for this information, Brooks, or at least that I do on the morning show that I do Mondays and Wednesdays with Jen. And some of them are a guy who calls himself Wolverine out of Australia. There's a guy named Bruce who's predicted that the reset was going to happen every day, for, every Tuesday and Thursday for the last 10 years, and it's never happened. Um, and uh, people like Mark Z. And all these guys said in the last week that Donald Trump was in Reno this past week. Now, Reno is going to be the site of the new treasury of the United States Republic. If this all happens, if it really goes down and the corporation is collapsed and the stock market is collapsed and it's replaced by a republic, the new treasury is going to be in Reno. I talked to my friend, the mechanic, um, last night, and he actually called me out of the blue to tell me this. And he is a former Secret Service guy, presidential detail for two American presidents, both of whom's name, one of whom he would really like and one of whom he wouldn't like so much. But he is absolutely who he says he is. He did a lot of work for our government in the 80s and 90s, okay? Um, he's a member, former member of Mensa, member of the Producers Guild of America, probably one of my best friends in the world besides my brother Dave. He told me, yeah, Trump was in Reno last week and he was meeting with the so-called Chinese elders. Now, we don't know if they really exist, but these are old Chinese banking families who've been preserving the world's gold for the last 200 years, waiting to defeat this satanic cabal at the right time. And now may be the right time. They also met with an Iraqi delegation because Iraq is the linchpin for this. When Iraq revalues their currency and backs it with oil, that is the day that the U.S. dollar ends. Now, there's this Operation Sandman thing that they're saying, oh, everybody's going to turn in. 100 countries are going to turn in their treasury bonds to be paid off on the same day. And that's going to bankrupt the corporation. But it's going to be in conjunction with Iraq revaluing their currency and backing it with oil, which will shoot its value from fractions of a penny to about 16 to 1 overnight. 
So that is true. I absolutely verified what Mark and Wolverine and and Bruce uh, have all said that Trump was in Reno this week. It was financial. The mechanic thinks it's more to do with how are we going to respond to BRICS because BRICS is about to do the same thing to destroy the petrodollar. Um, but he doesn't think in terms of major resets. He still looks at everything kind of from a Cold War mentality. But I have absolute confirmation from a source that is impeccable, that I 100% trust, that what those guys said is true. And Trump was in Reno for financial meetings last week. And that means that Trump is in charge, that Trump may in fact be president, that he is certainly a major player in the financial restructuring of the entire planet, which I think we're about to go through. At least that's what I think it means. So that makes me optimistic that there really is an alliance. And wow. I just want to get any comments you have on that, Brooks, because I can tell you for a fact, these other guys were reporting it. I asked I asked the mechanic about it. He said, oh, yeah, he was there Wednesday and Thursday with meetings with Iraqis, with Chinese people, blah, 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 blah. So what do you think, Brooks? Well, I think it's possible. Uh, I have not been a big fan of the financial reset because it kind of got hijacked by Klaus Schwab. He has yeah. an idea for a reset, and it ain't good for anybody except him. So I, I want it to happen. I think that it's needed to happen because I think that the the uh, virtual Joe and his gang of criminals have spent us into bankruptcy. We now owe more money in debt than we actually make as the United States of America. And if interest rates continue to go up, we're not even going to be able to service the debt, which means the debt is going to go up on its own. McCarthy's trying to stop the bleeding and put some kind of debt ceiling in it. And and Biden is saying, no way. I mean, the, the debt ceiling's not negotiable. So it's either lift it or keep it lifted and let us spend as much as we want or forget about you. And I think that this decentralized power structure, which I think includes a lot of the members of Congress, these guys out in Reno and uh, the people in other countries, I think there's about 10 or 12 other countries that are not BRICS nations. Uh, it's up to them to save the world because if they don't, it's all going down. Um, yeah. And, but this does give me hope because, because Brooks, what that means is what you're talking about is the corporation of the United States, which may right. or may not right. have been formed in 1871. It will all go away. The only way that our country survives out of that is with the complete reset, not the great reset, but the global currency reset. That's the only right. way we survive and a That's new Republic. And, and that means that the States stay sovereign Yep, and they stay together as a union. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that is that the Roe versus Wade ruling last summer only makes sense in the context of a republic. So we got all these little signs, but I think it's definitely time for action. And sure. the fact that that uh, and also it's interesting because Trump was in Reno at the same time as Kamala Harris. And what that could mean is that Kamala Harris was there to receive her instructions for what she is going to do when Biden is removed slash resigns. Yeah. She's going to be president for about 15 minutes. And yeah. they probably were giving her her last chance to take a deal and agree to do what she's supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, 
it was wild. And to get that confirmation from him, I'm like, well, holy crap. I'm not just listening to these people I kind of know. I'm listening to somebody I really know who really is never wrong. And when I ask him, where's Trump right now, he'll tell me. And he tells me every time. So, uh, and he's right every time it turns out he's right. Uh, was Mike kicked off YouTube? I don't You mean like tonight? Yeah. Like know. YouTube just went down. Like rumble went down for an hour today. I do not know. I do not know. Um, that was on what channel are you on? Uh, I don't know. I hope not. Um, oh, uh, Rosemary says I froze. It's probably streaming issues. Probably. Uh, I hope. Because if not, one of my channels is gone again. That's why I have multiple channels. All right. One last thing before we go. I am going to be on the UFO Man podcast tomorrow with Tom Reed. That's Tim Dust. He's the host. We're going to be on, uh, gosh, I hope it's not more than an hour, talking about the secret history of the United States, which has to do with what I know or think I know about the formation of the corporation, the bankruptcy of the United States, the corporate status, how social security really works, what's really going on. Uh, we wow. shall wait and see on that. I'm going to do that tomorrow night. Uh, I would rather not. I'd rather just have my weekend off, but not doing anything else. Brooks, anything you want to add before we kick it out for the night and I go eat some Panda Express? Uh, nope, nope. I, I just, uh, you know, the live events are back. So put away some money, come out and see us live. That's all I got to say. And buy our books goes yes. a long way to keeping us alive. Come see us live. Buy our books. We love you for it. Or you can send me some love at uh, Cash App. Dollar sign Mike Bear 33 or Zell MBARA33 at MSN. It does help. I got bills to pay. I got to pay Brooks. Or not Brooks. Blake. I, I should be paying you, Brooks, for everything <laughs> you're I haven't sent you an invoice. You're fine. And Brooks is... Um, on tomorrow night, Sunday night, what time, Brooks, for X Square Radio? Eight, uh, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, Brooks will be on. Thanks for being here. It was it was kind of cool to just have a back and forth between these two uh, yeah, yeah. major brainiacs that we have here. <laughs> and remember, Brooks Agnew is the guy that you cannot spend four hours in a car with without coming away smarter. He will just force. And he knows because we actually drove the wheels off that car. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. We drove the wheels off that rental car. Uh, Christine says it was Mike Bear 33, and I'm okay now. All right. Well, good, good that I'm back. We love you guys. Everybody have a great weekend. I will be back. I'll be doing UFO Man tomorrow night if you want to watch that. We're going to be talking about the secret history of the United States, the financial and corporate history. And then I'll be back on Monday with Jen. Other than that, I have uh, no commitments. I'm going to be working on my Ark of the Covenant script. So send me some cool Ark of the Covenant stories if you got them. Love you guys. Brooks, we'll see you next Friday. Blake should be back by then, too. Love all you guys. Have a great weekend. Try to breathe. Try to relax. Try to enjoy it. Change might be coming.